Welcome to the Sum It Up podcast. This is where we talk about movies, shows, games, and whatever we want. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and YouTube. I'm John, and I'm joined as always by Chris. Uh, how are you doing, Chris? Uh, as good as I can be. That's where I'll leave it at. Fair enough. Um, so today, I honestly, I was trying to come up with something to talk about for this week. And with everything going on in the world right now, and especially here in the U.S., it it just felt better and more authentic for us just to kind of join in the conversation uh, about race, about representation. And uh, for those of you who can't tell, I'm a white dude, so um, I'm not going to be speaking from necessarily like my own bias or perspective on on anything here i just i it, i just felt like we should have like a, a nice open and honest kind of conversation about um how all of this stuff relates to media because that's something that we can connect with um and a little bit something that we know a little bit more about um so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna kind of open the floor and chris what are we'll just kind of start with like your general thoughts on representation um within movies and in, in tv shows and just kind of like that modern like the modern day uh kind of like pop culture uh cinema aspect of everything yeah i guess um well to just address what happened first and foremost um it's sad it's heartbreaking it's not right what happened to uh um george floyd it really yeah. isn't it's disgusting and you know seeing that it's hard to be on social media it's hard to be on the news because you want to stay current but it hurts a lot but you know we have to face that in this time uh and yeah that's what i'll say about that and how we're going to relate it to media uh man they i i don't like the whitewashing in uh hollywood think um you know when they give roles to people who it's just like it's just like why you got to put a white person in this role it's it's demoralizing um and you got people like um like people who defended i know scarlett johansson was used in like a bunch of roles and maybe sometimes she spoke from a place of ignorance not necessarily stupidity she just doesn't know when she says like hey if i'm an actor playing a role that's meant for an asian person you know i'm acting you know and a lot of black people in times have uh been stripped away from being on the big screen maybe for their white counterparts there's a there is a systematic systematic racism in this country and i think that in the especially media and entertainment we are afraid to talk about it and more importantly when we do talk about it it seems like oh this isn't the place to do it uh and i'm very upset and i want to get your idea on this this, because these are just my general thoughts i'm very upset with what lucasfilm tweeted out um not that they tweeted out their they tweeted support for john boyega and i'm not saying that's the problem no tweet out your support for john boyega but coming from lucasfilm where they made him smaller in the poster in china um because china doesn't like black people um historically or whatever it is i don't like to paint a broad brush but that's why they did it um for the china chinese audiences and yeah that the way uh rose kelly marie tran was treated and they didn't really come out um i know like uh uh Ryan Johnson came out support for her, but you don't really hear anything from Lucasfilm. It's just uh, there's these media companies that are coming out like we support these people. And it's like really, did you support them back then when it mattered? So you, you know, think they're they're just being a little bit more like opportunist when it becomes uh, like a lot more mainstream to support causes and people like that. Um. Yes. It's just you know it, it's it's an obvious yes, and but. You know, they have done... I see a lot on TV where they have done a lot more inclusion of people of color, you know. Um, And not... I'm not going to... 
I, I want to address it in a way that's just like, you know, I do see, like, I see black people on, on, uh, on, like, the State Farm commercials, you know? And, like, a good neighbor State Farm is there, and I see that representation more in commercials coming out now, and it generally makes me happy. Yeah, they but, changed uh, Jake from State Farm from a white guy to a black guy. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and like, he does the jingle. He kind of, he, like, he... Like he's got a swag to him more than the first Jake that I really like, but um, and they're putting him in great situations in the commercials. I love it, but uh, it it works. But I can tell that some people, you know, and I'm not I'm not saying this as someone that's me. I don't agree with it, but some people are kind of put off and could tell like there is an inclusion of black people. And my my stance is why does it matter? People are people. Who cares? Yeah. If you see a black family enjoying enjoying McDonald's, if you see him, uh, you know, uh, you know, like a Latino family enjoying Wendy's, does it really matter? Does it? At the end of the day, doesn't no, matter. I, no. Yeah, it's, it's and, so stupid. And uh, I mean, advertisements and media, anything that depicts American culture should be a reflection of that culture, and as the years go on where we be we are becoming not a predominantly white nation and so to 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 highlight just um that like that demographic so heavily in a lot of in a lot of cases um it the basically the more time that goes on the more it becomes less of an authentic representation of Mm -hmm. the american experience um so it it I mean, for like for someone like me, it it sometimes can seem like it it's all kind of just coming out all at once, and suddenly there's like a flood, and floods not necessarily like a great word for it, but like um, just visually, that's like the only metaphor I could think of, um, like a flood of this type of representation, and it I just like honestly, it's a great thing. It's like I think for some people, it's it can be a little jarring because they're so used to their own little bubble that all of a sudden so many organizations and companies are coming together to emphasize representation more. Um, suddenly it's being like, it's being uh, shown a lot more frequently. And for some people, I think it can be a little, um, it, it takes them a little bit more time to adjust but I think it's it's what needs to happen. Like we need to just reshape the normal in this culture and in this country. And like I don't think I think I think my time has come and gone as far as who like the key demographic should be. Like middle aged, <laughs> middle class American white man white male, like You're not middle aged. I mean, well, I'm getting there, but you're we, you're like you're 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 barely I'm thirty. Like, I'm almost thirty, but you, oh, I mean, you get my boom. point. Like, yeah, like that that key demographic for so long. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we've we've had our due. We've had enough. Um, and and yeah, I'm I'm gonna stop before I start rambling there. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I I think you bring up this good point. Um, of like you know, my time has come and gone and i'm not saying it has to be gone forever uh i think i think that we just need to elevate other voices to be louder um you know because it's it's not about you know suppressing one voice for uh, another you know that's kind of going backwards but like we need to we need to look at it in the face and say that yeah black voices are suppressed and it's wrong it's terrible racism is real and sometimes you aren't aware of it and you need to be educated uh and you know you know black i and particularly black voices because they've been in this country for a long time compared to you know the latino percentage and the asian percentage like you know black has always been in this country because of obviously slavery and stuff along those lines and you know to think that that voice is still not as prominent in this country uh, for the demographic is kind of insane. And uh, it's just, uh, I see what your point is that, you know, the time has come and gone. We just need to, even uh, you and me need to elevate those voices. Cause I, uh, as well, I'm not 
I'm not black. I'm half white and half Latino. And so it's, it's one of those things. There's just, you know, everyone should be doing a part to listen and engage because people are just saying like, Hey, we support you. And then, and then that's it. You know, it's, you know, talk with people about it. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a difficult conversation and those voices need to be heard. And I think, uh, as long with those voices is putting yourself in other people's shoes, just be empathetic, you know? And yeah, you might, uh, the, the thing in the household is shock your body when you eat something healthy. Yeah. Shock your body, you know, put yourself and put yourself in someone else's shoes. See, and what I what I find interesting is that, um, like honestly, man, like the the amount of shared experience that I think that people can have with cultures other than their own, I think it would astound some people. Like you can have okay, okay. So this is a, a like a very mainstream example, but I'm going to use it anyway. So think about Black Panther, um, uh, Ryan Coogler's movie. Uh, the the level to which it resonated with like so many americans of all different types of nationalities um really should not be surprising because it's it was a great quality film with a great cast great acting uh great directing very authentic and real uh it was a very real and authentic world that he created or brought to life in that brought movie. one of the best villains in the mcu exactly and and the the fact that it felt like such like an outlier like a rare like a rarity almost of um, representation to a degree but then also like like quality in an MCU film where it wasn't just like a it, it felt like it was more than co- just a comic book movie um, but like the fact that it was from like one of the very few black directors uh, that handles big budget movies like that nowadays um should should not be a rarity in my eyes like it should be a call to action that says look like there is plenty of this talent out there we're just now starting to really recognize and acknowledge it and so he shouldn't be um like ryan Kugler, i don't think should be the um oh my gosh what's the word for it like uh he should be like considered more of like a like what's nor like what's normal um, as far as filmmakers go, like he is not one of the few great black filmmakers out there. He's one of the many that just he's he's one of the few that has had a great opportunity to showcase his talent. But there are there are so many other Ryan Kuglers out there that just haven't had their their opportunity to direct something like that. Yeah, and one of the people who's been in it um, the longest has got to be. And I will admit, if you heard clicking on the keys, I all I for a moment forgot Spike Lee. Oh uh, yeah, well I know who he is just because I, you know, he put out Black Klansman. Um, he's an avid Knicks fan and cri- critic of James Dolan or James Dolan, who deserves to be treated like a piece of garbage. He's the owner of the New York Knicks, and that's a whole other topic. But um, yeah, Spike Lee has been doing it for a long time, and he hasn't gotten the do justice as a as a director in the eyes of i would say the public but uh the film like the people who are into film like they like they see spike lee uh yet the elitists have never really acknowledged him at the oscars and he's walked out he finally won an oscar for best adapted screenplay um and black Klansman, and you know he's gonna star as I believe I I'm not looking at the story right now, but he's going to be a judge in a film festival in Carnes. Okay. I I saw that I saw that article. It could be a different film festival. Call me on it if you if you see it. Call me out on it. But um, and that's very moving for him, and that's awesome, and that's something we should be celebrating. At the same time, it shouldn't be like it's kind of shocking to see that we're still here. Um, but looking at the state of affairs with america it seems it seems like something's going to be done going into the future and i mean this is a momentous time and we've got to be supportive and we also can't hijack it um as well because 
Black Lives Matters dominating headlines. Companies are attaching themselves to it. And some are, you know, attaching it, you know, and some people are saying, well, what are you going to do? It's a good point. What are you going to do? Um, are you going to lobby for the same people? You know, and I don't want to make this a political uh, podcast, but, you know, the people who are in power, who get paid by media companies or entertainment companies, all that stuff, they're the ones who have the real power. They are the ones who can make laws about oversight of police and police brutality. You know, they're the ones who are ultimately holding the the keys to the to the car. And um, I hope I hope they're listening, and I hope they're going to do something because it's been too long, John. It's been too long. Yeah. No, absolutely. What what I'm curious about your thoughts are on this. Um, so, with today's like modern culture and um, obviously with the rise of streaming uh, platforms, do you think that we will see kind of like a um, like a renaissance of different um, types of like films from different cultures or fil- films representing different cultures? Um, that through streaming have opportunities that they wouldn't have had because they had to go through um, big studios in the past to get any kind of mm. like real traction. I'm saying I'm not saying we're going to hit the renaissance like right now or within the next year, but I think it's going to get better. Uh, to that comment, I would, and this sounds so, that's so such a sad statement, but you know. I think we have to wait for the for an older generation to kind of to 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 go. And I say that not happy because it includes people I know, people I'm very close to. Um but it really does come down to that and it's such a sad thing and that's just and that's not that's not a big portion but that's that's going to be part of it, you know. Progress isn't swift progress is slow and in this particular subject of black lives matter and black voices it's too slow um i think the showing the uh, the amazing reception to parasite Mm -hmm. is a great start to this idea of equality but you know uh, it's as as someone who put it really well um a black creator and wrestler xavier woods um, spoke about it on the Thursday podcast of a kind of funny podcast, the YouTube channel kind of funny, and they talked or kind of funny games. They talked about video games, but um, the the he was he was brought on as a guest for the show, and he was talking about racism in this country. And he's a WWE wrestler. He plays video games. He's an online content creator and streams and plays games. You know. He said that a great, a simple way to explain the injustice and inequality in this country is the movie Zootopia. Whereas, like, his three-year-old can understand what Zootopia is trying to teach and the idea of racism and inequality. How about an adult person watching that movie? You know? Mm-hmm. can If a three-year-old can do it, an adult can. And he brought out the specific nature of the Predators. Like, watch how the predators are treated. And at first, I didn't think about it that... Like, when I think about the movie Zootopia, I think about the little bunny. Like, I, I think of uh, the... Oh, what's your name? Hops? And, yeah, Dete- yeah, Detective Hops. Yeah, Detective Hops. You know, it's just like, oh, man. You know, the... the, the I, I thought of the sheep uh, and the, the lion. The lion who gets to who gets to, who's like very strong doing what he wants, blah, blah, blah. And it turns out it's like, oh, you know, the, the, um, the prey are being racist toward the predators. And, you know, it's, I love that movie and I watched it recently, uh, two months ago and it's like, yeah, it totally makes sense. And it's, it's kind of a funny thing is that in media, there's so many great examples that you could use. I liked, remember the Titans is still one of my favorite movies even though it's told through a rather dramatic lens and a lens that uh, that is supposed to inspire rather be than be truthful in certain parts of the movie, which is kind of sorry. And but uh, it's it's glorified through the lens of a white person. I would say, you know, like look at how they came together, blah blah blah. blah. But 
nothing changed really in this country. It's it's kind of like one of those um it's what is it called, John? Um the white man's burden. It's kind of like t- looking at it through that lens. But, but it had a it had really good messages. I love that movie, but it's still an injustice that we see today and it's so very sad. You know, no movie's going to solve this problem. Zootopia isn't going to solve this problem. But uh along with those good examples of of like what it should be equal, there are plenty of bad examples and I don't know. That I want to see more people like Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele, those content creators, those filmmakers we talk about. I want to see him do more things. I would like to see him not do horror all the time. I want him to do comedy because I hate horror movies. <laughs> I still haven't seen Get Out or um, Us because I hate horror movies. But I loved the show Key and Peele. I love what Dave Chappelle did with Chappelle Show. Um, and, you know, I'll say it. I'm, I'm not black, but I enjoyed the shows. And um, as someone who studied history, like, there's a systemic problem with black people being oppressed in this country and it does need to stop so i here's another question for you so do you think that in the majority of let's say like movies tv or comedian like stand-up routines because they're they have a lot of like political and cultural commentary Mm. do you think that the majority from your perspective do you think the majority of of that type of content is like a reaction to the society around them or do you think it's more of like a um like a call to action like something that that um actively addresses the the situations around them that isn't so like like their own reaction to it but is more proactive wait so okay explain explain it again (laughs) yeah yeah. so sorry my brain um, is very small you're good. Do you think that the majority of of content that addresses um, any kind of like racial or uh, like sexist issue, do you think it is purely like a reaction, like the content oh. creators like a reaction to the problem, or do you think it is um, something that is trying to proactively address it? I mean, that's a good question. Probably for the creators, I can't speculate it, but. You know, I don't, I don't know. I, I think, I think as, um, because of the podcasts I listened to, I've had a lot of, uh, black content creators on this past week that I've listened to. And I find uh, what they've been talking about is fascinating. Um, you know, it, I think they're trying to uplift their work, but also uplift like, you know, their voices you know i don't think they're trying to drown it out but um someone from kind of funny talked about the dave Chappelle special where it, it talks about black lives matter and they're like oh you know what is um what does this person think about black lives matter some some famous person where they're asking like oh you know let's get the opinion what what does jay-z think about or not jay-z but someone like what do they think what does this maybe random white person think about black lives matter and and or some company or whatever and the joke was it's just like nobody cares what that person thinks about black lives matter like what are they gonna do you know you're talking about individual people at a level because that's what that's the societal norm is like what the majority thinks you know we live in a country where talking about um sex is still very taboo yet it's plastered all over the place we still live in a society where you know women make less than men uh at at the same job level you know and you know this is another one of those conversations now whether those productions those media uh those media projects that black creators put out there whether they are reactions or proactive um proactive uh uh instances to get the word out i i i simply don't know i would my best guess is that it's it's a it's a matter of both because sometimes sometimes it just depends on the times dude you know Mm -hmm. sometimes like spike lee puts out this movie called black Klansman, and it comes out and what uh the film is based on the on the 2014 memoir blacks black black Klansman by ron stallworth i don't know when this movie takes place but it's just like this movie comes out in uh 2018 you know that's recent times uh black panther also comes out like you have all these content 
that I, I just I, it's such a comp just like most things in this country John it's a complicated answer um, to a very simple question I would think and um, I, I, I don't know I, I, I I'm curious what you think too because I I'm, I'm I don't know where to st- I know where I stand on content being created. I want it to be created, but I don't know if it's a reaction or a proactive stance. I mean, I think, at least from my my opinion, um, the majority of the really influential comics that I've seen, uh, like Dave Chappelle, for instance, is a really big one. He, um, I feel like, is he he's very receptive and aware of like where the culture is at the time. And like I've, I, I've watched a couple of his latest specials uh, in the last couple of weeks, and um, th- it, it seems like he has more of a reaction based on his own life experiences um, to certain situations, and then presents it to the world for them to see it through his eyes. Um, and I, I would say, film and TV have to be a little bit more. Um, proactive to stay relevant just because of the amount of time that it takes for project from start to finish if they are being reactive to something that it it risks them being um and like it feels weird to say this about like racial issues but it 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 they run the risk of being irrelevant to that particular part of the conversation um because maybe that time has already passed and it's moved on to a different part of the conversation um so in that in that sense, I think that the films and TV that stick around the longest tend to have points of view and perspectives that stand on their own that aren't reactions to like specific cultural events. Um, uh, like I mean, honestly, like Fresh Fresh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air is probably a great one that, uh, in my eyes, is like immortal in a lot of ways because you can take situations that they present on that show and apply them to any any day nowadays um any kind of context and it does it still seems to apply because they're they're actively tackling like the core of the issue and not just um like the latest movement that someone that has been started based on a situation oh okay i see what you mean i see what you mean it's like okay that that and that makes sense and i i think i think i now understand what you were asking and i fumbled all over the place it's a, much like Drew Brees this week. To, uh, I yeah, fumbled. It took, me, <laughs> it took me a while to get to that, the the detailed explanation. Okay. I, yeah. Uh, in that case, um, now that I kind of understand the question you're asking, I think, I think, uh, I think a lot of black, uh, pro, like black, uh, black America, like that community, they put out so many good things that is just based on life experience that doesn't have to do with the current event that's happening, and that's supposed to open your eyes to like what's going on because sometimes sometimes it's not about like what's being put on the big screen like you know or what's in your what's in your living room you know maybe someone didn't die and it was filmed and that's such a sad thing to say but you know sometimes it isn't that you know and they're still putting out content about the stuff that does happen a long time ago uh things that happen in their communities i've heard the story someone uh, on one of the podcasts uh, that I listened to, you know, his name's Blessing Adeyoye Jr. at Kind of Funny, uh, Kind of Funny Games. And he was talking about, you know, that it, the first time he kind of had to handle this as a black teen, it was as a black teenager when someone in his school, the same age, born nine days after him or before him, uh, had gone, uh, had, had forgot his keys uh to get into his house when he's coming back home from school and he's with his buddy and uh he's trying to get into his aunt's house where he lives because his mother the year before died of cancer and uh a neighbor thought they were breaking into the house a police officer came had his gun drawn because he thought people were trying to rob it and he had his gun drawn at these two teenage boys and you know he's yelling at them giving you know giving them commands obviously but why's it got to be a lethal weapon you know he doesn't know if they have any weapons on them themselves but that doesn't mean you immediately escalate it and the boy died he shot and died he was shot and died in a in a struggle i guess with the cop uh or i forget the details of it but he didn't have to die 
And yet he did. And this was this person's first interaction with it. And this is just one person, you know. And um, as Xavier Woods uh, from the WWE explained it, is that when he was about to leave the house, his, his, his mother, his father had to sit him down. Uh, I think he said his grandparents and they talked about how much harder it's going to be for him going out into the real world and the challenges he faced compared to other people is going to be a much different and much bigger challenge. And, uh, Mm. that's heartbreaking. I think, I think inherently that that conversation is happening, um, in the black community all the time. And we, as a society of the United States are just complacent with it and it's not right. So let me let me get your thoughts on this because I, I think we've kind of touched on it in a in a previous episode, but um, so obviously, and this is going to feel like a left turn, but I promise it isn't. Um, so obviously, the X Men are going to be introduced into the MCU here in the next few years, mm-hmm. um, depending on how long everything takes to get back started with COVID going on. Um, so, do you think that? this would be a good opportunity because okay let me back up so obviously the x-men were created as a bit of a metaphor for what was going on at the time with the civil rights movement where professor x was uh likened to um martin luther king jr and uh, magneto was likened to uh malcolm x malcolm x and their yeah and their philosophies and how they handled situations um so do you think that the MCU's incorporation of the X-Men would be a good opportunity to um, to not only have better representation for different kinds of cultures through these, these characters, but also do you think it would be appropriate to have it be like an allegory for like a modern civil rights movement? Hmm. Well... You have to stay true to what the intent was when you made it. And that's a great that's a great question because that's what we need the most in this country is that. But you know, should they do it? Yeah. You know, pertaining to the source material, yeah. Should they do it because it's a powerful and important message? Oh, absolutely. Now I've doubled down on that one more than I just made with the other thing. That's true to the source material. No, it's the it's the right thing to do. It's what it's about, you know. When and they they subtly drop it in all the movies, like people don't like us because we're mutants, you know. Mm-hmm. I you know I can't speak for black people, but I could speak from my own personal experience as someone who is kind of like who's like half Latino, and even though some people might not see that as a big enough experience, like you know. It has its moments when you're in the middle of Tennessee and you look, you're at the gas station filling up and you get dirty looks and, you know, you feel like a freaking unicorn and it's, it's, it's dirty. It's, it's like you feel like the space you're taking up is it, it like you are a problem and there's nothing you can do to fix the problem. It's such a debilitating feeling and I think when they talk about how the mutants, how they feel, how, uh, you know, Magneto is like, are you angry? And it's just like, yeah, you, you should feel angry and you are going to feel angry and you got to use that to, to tell them that you're not weak. And there's a point behind that at the same time, Xavier's like, yeah, uh, professor X is also telling you those feelings of anger are, are going to be natural as well. But you can't, you can't be the very thing that you want to fight back. You get like it's that old saying: you can't fight fire with fire. Mm-hmm. Um, if you and I, it's such a, it's such a complicated thing right now. You can't fight fire with fire. I love the protests. Um, I don't like the rioting, but I understand why it's happening. You know, it doesn't it doesn't mean I want to take away from the the movement. No, I hope the movement is strong. I hope the movement continues until we finally see some not only justice, but reform. I hate I hate the looting the photos that I see of people getting 
beat up for trying to save their businesses and watching other people cry out because their business is destroyed. It sucks, but, you know, you can't take a knee for a flag. People get angry, and this is the result. I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying I get it, and I understand, you know, and... Yeah, that's where I'll that's where I'll stop with my random rant. <laughs> well, so I that's the thing, man. Like, and I'm just gonna mention this briefly. Like, just like if for years you're going to tell someone how they can and cannot express their feelings and pain, and even despite them doing it in a peaceful way, it just makes you feel uncomfortable because it's outside of your comfort zone and it interrupts your own personal life. Um, eventually, that water's going to boil over and something's going to come of it because you've you've blocked off every accessible road that they can take except for one that it expresses it in a, a little bit more of a violent and angry way or one that's convenient to your own views exactly exactly protests are not meant to be comfortable for people that are viewing it it's supposed to evoke emotion and a, and a real and authentic response and a call to action great yeah. like that like i said this is from my small perspective i'm not <laughs> trying to sound like an authority on no it but, all, but, but but what you're doing what you're doing is is a good thing talking about it and we're talking about it and yeah it's a good thing that you are talking about it so let, let me ask you how in what ways has a character in a movie it doesn't have to be like a comic book movie or anything but just in movies in general have you ever felt validated or um elevated by a type of representation through a character that you've seen? Ooh. Um, it's a good question. Um, as far as elevating in a character aspect. Um, I know, like, I'll, I'll, I'll add this caveat, I, too. Like, it doesn't even have to necessarily be someone of your own race, but if it's something that validated your personal experiences... Um, that really resonated with you deeply. Hmm. I mean, hmm. Hey, there's gonna be like just a, a lot of a lot of downtime of me thinking, <laughs> but I really, I really loved. In, in terms, in terms of the uh, a character, um, in that role, you know, I, I, I do have to go to i do i do have to go to black panther with and i'm going to choose king t'challa in this um t'challa t'challa oh okay so the son not the father the son yeah well he okay. he's king john come okay on. fair come enough on. come on come on you know he went he went through a lot of scars to get that kingship come on man <laughs> i mean he lost it he got it back you know tough um it was a good story you all should check it out um but uh, King T'Challa's uh, journey um, to be a a king, a good king, and face this dilemma brought on by Killmonger of like, you know, this is what we're gonna do to liberate our own people. It could be that, you know, it's not far off from what it could be. You know, you give a bunch of people like a bunch of guns to liberate oppression. You know, chaos in the streets, people dying left and right. You know, is that something? Do you want to fight hate with hate? You know, and that's what Killmonger wanted to do. And King T'Challa said, no, we're not going to do that. But at the end, he says, we're going to help. And he finally bring it like reveals Wakanda to the world. And that's such that's such a powerful thing. And for me, it's just it's not to put it in my own view, because I really do hope. I really do hope we can get past this idea that, you know, you know, you know, Latinos can only live in like South America or Spain or something like that. F that, you know, we can. I, I didn't swear, but you know, the F word that, um, we can go wherever we want. And it's the same thing with black people. They don't just have to be in, in, they just don't just have to be in Liberty City, Miami. They can live in freaking, uh, Boca Raton, Palm Beach if they wanted to. That's fine. I have no problem with that. And nobody should have a problem with that. It's a free country. Same thing with Asian people. Oh, there's a lot of, you know, 
when you go to Hawaii, there are a lot of Asian people who go to visit Hawaii. Guess what? Who cares? That's kind of cool. You know, they can go visit wherever they want. People from China going all over to European countries, go see it. Cool. You know, and I, I hope we can get, we can get past this as a, as a like, Ooh, it's weird. And I don't like it. I would rather it be, Oh, it's weird. And I, I like, as much as I, uh, like you feel you want to resist, you got to be like, well, why is it weird? Was I told this? Did I learn it? Did it come in my genetic code? Cause most likely it did not. Um, Hate is learned. <laughs> Sorry. Hate is learned. I almost died there. Um, <laughs> hate is learned. And uh, just watching the King T'Challa, you could, they've done that movie with, with, with different archetypes and white people, but I felt, I, I really loved, I really loved that role and the choices they made that Ryan Coogler did in his movie. And it sends a powerful message. And, to be honest, if any change is gonna it's gonna come in this country, you know, as much as I hate the rioting, you know, I, I support the protesting, and you you gotta you gotta you can be in the camp and just say like, there's so many injustices, police brutality, and you you know sometimes it's a matter of selecting the right leadership and be like, hold them accountable. What are you gonna do? Are you part? Are you gonna be part of the problem, or are you gonna admit you're wrong and try and fix it? Yeah, and so something that I've I've heard since I was a kid, and the older I get, the more it seems to ring true, um, is that your first response to someone or something is what you were taught or what you were raised with, but then that second thought that, like when you skip a beat, what the next thing that you feel that's what that's what you really truly feel. So your oh yeah your initial instinct when seeing uh, a black person walk down the street at night in a hoodie might be fear because that's what media or your your personal experience has taught you to feel in that situation. But then you can choose to, to know that that's not the case. And that is that that moment should be what defines you, not that initial thought. And I, I think it for a lot of people, it it's really hard to make that distinction of um like I'm like I think that so many people just come out and blatantly say like no I'm not racist I don't have racist thoughts that's not who <laughs> I am, but when they really get to the core of it and what I think this movement has really brought out in a lot of people is that you like I I personally I think it is natural be just because of our our culture and our uh, upbringing in a lot of ways and and how close we have been to the civil rights movement um, like we're only. Like Martin, Luther, this was crazy. Martin Luther King's Jr. Sorry, Martin Luther King Jr.'s kids are tweeting about this. What's going on today? And their father was at the heart of it all. Um, but I, I, I think that some people have a hard time admitting that. Yes, sometimes I do have some racist thoughts, and I accept that, and I choose to not listen to that. I choose to be to rise above it and be better than that. And that that isn't mm-hmm. what defines me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think you bring up that point of listening and learning, and and we got to choose to be better because it is it is taught. And I, I have no mind saying this on a podcast on the record, but when I grew up, um, I used the term "that's gay" a lot because um, in Latino culture, you make fun of you know being homosexual all the time. And it wasn't until I was in high school I had a friend who told me. You know, and this is high school. You know, I'm not a little kid or anything like that, but I've been saying it for a little bit of time as a kid. It feels like forever. And um, she said, like, you can't say that. And I was just like, well, why not? She's like, stop it. It's not it's not right. You know, and me growing up in the household, it's, you say it all the time. You know, you're making fun of people for being homosexual by saying that's gay or something you don't like. And it kind of puts it together. It's wrong. And I was like, okay. I'll stop. And I made a really uh, conscious effort to stop. And I don't say it anymore. And, you know, I I don't have a problem with it, you know. And I'll admit, like, when, you know, people who, when two guys kiss on screen, it's a little awkward for me because I'm not into it, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, I have no problem with it. Go ahead. You know, when Michael Sam from, 
um, from uh, he, Michael Sam was a football player who was drafted last in the uh, NFL draft, um, and the cameras are on him. He was defensive player of the year, SEC defensive player of the year, and uh, at the end of the broadcast, he just he gave his he was gay. He was openly gay. And he gave his boyfriend a big kiss. It was awkward for me to watch, but at the end of the day, I was just like, you know, is it a little weird because I'm not used to it? Absolutely, but I have no problem with it. It's his right to do so. If you, if if a woman in Kentucky, and I say this all the time, if a woman in Kentucky can marry a roller coaster, why can't two guys get married? Why can't two guys be madly in love? It's a nice thing. You know, I'm not used to saying it, but it's a nice thing. True love, or what, or whatever you might think true love is, you know. So yeah, uh, that's a, my personal experience from learning from it. And I, you know, it it no person is perfect. And I think, and, and John, I have a question for you with this because it's something I'm seeing a lot. Um, you know, going back to what I said about learning from past experiences and being better, I am seeing a lot of people paint really broad brushes you know people are talking about the protests you know they're you know they're being done by antifa and people are rioting the protests are riots and if you support the protests you know you're 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 you know you know you're not really american or they're disrespecting the flag all that kind of stuff that's happening in the media swirl um right now and i'm talking to you person to person um do you think that um painting abroad do you think what do you think about people saying like you know um this is a really deep deep uh thought and i'm curious for us to talk it out you know people saying that all trump supporters are racist and people saying that like you know if you know that also when people are saying that the joe biden has to choose a black candidate you know this is where where race relations not necessarily racism but race relations in this country are boiling out and i'm curious what your thought is on the political rhetoric and the rhetoric that normal society is watching with this stuff when you know people put those blanket statements and people are being racist all the time saying that they hate they hate a specific race you know Mexicans are going to take our jobs. I hate that so much. I also hate that people... I hate this so much. Almost... I hate it more than the Mexicans are taking their jobs. Take that what you will. But the fact that people say, like, black people are more violent. I've heard that in person, and it infuriates me. Um, But I'm curious what... You know, when people are making these blanket statements. You know, because I have people... I have friends who voted for Trump. Who are disappointed with him um and but they still like some of the things he does and but they hate him at the same time but just because you voted for trump you know doesn't mean you're a racist you know some people voted for trump because they thought it'd be funny uh i'm curious what what your stance is with these broad paintbrushes that we in society are putting on public figures and just people in general I mean, I, I think it's really dangerous to to say that either side is 100% wrong all the time. I would, I mean, just, okay, so if we're going to just talk politically for a second and our own personal experiences, I would definitely consider myself a, a slightly left-leaning moderate. And like, it's not because I want to sit on the fence and I can't, like I'm, I'm indecisive. It's because <laughs> when, when I, when I see any kind of like political situation in today's culture, just because of how polarizing it can be, either side, left or right, pulls in their direction so hard that it, in my eyes, it takes away from the real issue that they want to make it about their own personal agendas and not about what's actually going on. Um, like I, I think the right side through all of this is talking about, um, like their own personal rights, the right to bear arms, um, about living within their own comfort zone and their own bubble, because sometimes people don't reach out and connect with people that are outside of their like social circle. And 
take that as you will. But I think that people on the left are also taking it as an opportunity to push the issues too far. And um, I think, man, like that that's the issue is that it, somewhere in the middle is where the argument or where the, the debate needs to happen with level heads that um, that realize that politics is the art of compromise and that we as humans, especially in this cult, this country that we live in, because of how diverse we all are, we I don't think you can justify having like an entirely Republican perspective or an entirely Democrat perspective. I think when, if you really sat down with somebody and connected with them on a personal level, you would realize that one, you have way more in common than you actually think you do. Yes. And two, that the issues themselves should not be labeled as A or B, that we live in a world nowadays, and I think we have been for a long time, where there's a lot more gray than people are giving credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, so like gun rights, let's just let's just hit the ground running. So there are an incredibly large amount of responsible gun owners in the country. However, I don't think that means that you can't you can't um, put restrictions and uh, processes in place that that enable or that provide more opportunities to weed out people that shouldn't have guns, that you should not restrict the access to firearms in a lot of cases to people who are responsible and that want to use them the right way. Um, but you can all, you should also recognize the fact that people will abuse the system and you should do everything in your power to prevent guns from getting in the wrong hands. That doesn't mean arm every single person out there and fight a gun with a gun it means produce a system that encourages responsible ownership and holds people accountable for irresponsible ownership. Um, so when you have situations like this, it's really easy to say on both sides that the protests are wrong, um, that they should be doing this peacefully, or even if they are, they shouldn't be protesting. They should be handling it in a different way. Or if you're part of the protesters and part of that movement, it's really easy to say that that if you stand against us, you are a hundred percent against black people. Oh man, that's I'm seeing. I'm, but all the things you just put up, I'm seeing all over my timeline. Yeah, but all, like all the things you said, you're just all over my timeline, and I'm just wondering, like, when are we? When are we going to come together about these things? You know, but but it's a tough it's a tough topic. Yeah, that's you know? the thing man, like nobody it doesn't seem like people, especially people in positions of power want to have these types of moderate conversations because that means that like the systems that we've built have created an environment where if you're a politician that's a Republican, if you don't stand with the most hardcore Republicans that that operate in the Senate and the House, that somehow that means you are not part of that group. Even if it, even if you agree with people on like seventy or eighty percent of things, but you you just want to dial it back because you see the the benefit of the other side uh, of of that both sides have valid and positive viewpoints. Mm-hmm. That I like freaking George Washington never wanted to have two political parties. Because he was wise enough back then to know that if you if you split something in half, that you I mean honestly like you're never really going to be able to put it back together, and you're you're only going to divide things more and more and more over time, because you just you I think the natural tendency is just to push the boundaries as far as what's acceptable in either faction in either direction, so like. You want to have Republicans have a small government, and that's how you have libertarians come out of that. And like, they just want to have no government because all government <laughs> is bad, and everybody just needs to fend for themselves. Essentially, is my understanding of it. And every philosophy is different. Yeah, yeah. I I think that there would be so much to gain from from people on either side of the aisles just sitting down and having a conversation without especially politicians without the without the thought in the back of their mind of if I do this I'm going to lose my seat of power and I'm not going to be in this position anymore 
it it should be about representing their constituents who by and large are a a more um um like a more healthy compromise of republicans and democrats so your job is to represent all of your constituents not just the ones you count on to vote you back into power um but i i just i don't see that happening anytime soon which is really sad but i i like part of the reason why i wanted to do this today was because i i think it's it's important to have authentic conversations with each other about like where you stand on things about how you feel about what's going on in the world today and maybe maybe challenge yourself to think well what if they are right what if they do have a point and try and just see connect with people for who they are and not what you feel they are being portrayed as um yeah like like just have an authentic connection with someone and truly get to know them and um really want try to see the best in them and try and see that their intentions are based on their own personal experiences which are also valid because they've lived a life they've been through things that have made them into who they are and by saying that you're wrong you are just invalidating their entire life and that's not a place to start a compromise yeah if and if we're gonna we're gonna end or die on this hill that we're on right now like that what she said about you know just completely calling it wrong or someone's point of view is completely wrong you know i'll speak from personal experience and i won't name names and it's not that it's it's heartbreak it's not that it affects me in a negative way it just makes me go huh that um i posted on facebook today a comment that someone put up you know someone shared a comment from another person that says like where were all you all lives pe- all lives matter people when when people were being put in cages uh and saying things like that and they're just being like you know basically it's if you're not able to admit that you're just all for white lies and you're just talking um chicken shit is what they said um and i put a comment that's like hey you know maybe maybe just trying trying to educate people with love and stuff like that is a better is a better way to do it you know discrediting something like that i know a lot of people are getting mad at all lives matter as they should be because all lives matter shouldn't hijack what's going on i totally agree it shouldn't hijack it shouldn't shouldn't take it but to say those who said it before um discrediting it you know talking about the people who were in cages you know yeah you know i'm half latino and i watch people again in cages you know i want i'm watching you know kids being ripped away from their parents because they're escaping the incredible amount of injustice in their own countries where people journalists are just dying in the streets not getting shot with rubber bullets getting shot with real bullets you know the thing that'll end a life yeah um and these people are trying to escape this violent systemic mafia-esque crime-ridden countries um and we're separating them you know but they're not going to get the Black Lives Matter hashtag, you know. They'll probably get the All Lives Matter hashtag. And as much as I don't want us to take away from Black Lives Matter, don't paint a broad brush about people calling for that stuff and say that's just white privilege. Because you know what? It, it matters to someone like me, and I understand the intent was pure. And my comment got deleted, which is why I'm talking about it. Um, which is fine, you know go ahead i understand this person why they deleted it um and i i'm not mad at them i understand they're very mad and emotional too um and it's okay it really is but i don't just don't like the broad brushes that are being thrown around you know the you know when people are people some people are mad without reading about it you know i love history and you know i had a debate with my dad about it you know when we talk about you know 60 i hate the statement but 60 years ago this country was great and it's like really i took a college course when i had to go to one of the poorest communities in the state of florida i didn't i didn't get a degree or anything but i did the course um, and i had to interview someone um 
and I won't get into, uh, I had to interview a man from this very poor community. He was black. Um, and I don't, and I asked him questions about how he grew up and everything. And at the end of it, I asked, and I'll, I'll maintain the privacy of what the answer was to the question, but I asked about a lynching that happened in, in the, in, in, in that area about, uh, I think it was in 1965. Um, they, the, the school just, we just, in the interview, we just wanted more information about that lynching. I know. And, mm-hmm. That was during this really amazing time that, you know, my dad keeps telling me was around. We're so lucky to have phones and videos now to see the injustices that were happening. This isn't what happened to Ahmaud Arbery, what happened to George Floyd. Justice for George Floyd. If you read that police report, they would have gone away with it if it wasn't a bystander filming. And that happens probably every day. And it probably happened way more 60 years ago. And it's more about perspective and challenging that perspective. And you could still hold on to your belief. But if you don't listen, it's the age old saying, John, you know, whatever you believe in, this is the saying, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. And uh, when I just see people talk about stuff, I've read it in history books. I've read history books that contradict each other. This has been going on for a long time. And that's why when it comes to the writing, I don't like it. But guess what? I totally get it, man. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, man, I think that's a great place to leave off on. I think you had some really great thoughts. Um, And for anybody that may still be listening or not, uh, I just... I, I would just encourage people to have conversations like this, even if you don't feel like you have like a, a, an opinion or a voice, just it, for me, this whole conversation has just been really beneficial. I think in my eyes, just because like it, to get your thoughts out and like audibly speak them, I think it puts them in a new light and a different perspective that if they're just sitting in your own head and you just can like overthink and nitpick them over and over and over again. Or if you just look at it on social media. Exactly. Like (laughs) talk to someone. (laughs) I mean, like find somebody that you trust and can have a conversation with and just connect with them. Like really, really truly listen to them and value their experiences and then share your own and see where you see where you land see where you meet in the middle and how much common ground you really have and just make make this about like an authentic connection with people and not just a response to what you view of either way of the movement like obviously this what's going on today is going to be remembered and written about in history books and it's significant and it's meaningful and it's important but it's it's more important that we in my eyes that we we really truly have a conversation and then take a step forward and move forward with what's going on and not just stay where we're at or accept how things are like the fact that so many people are behind this and that we have there there are so many examples of injustice going on in this country that means something and that that should spark change but it's not if people don't really talk about it and just kind of nod and smile and then go about their everyday lives. Like this should change people for the better. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, unless you have any final thoughts, I'm, I'm good with, with closing on that note. I support John Boyega and I think what Lucasfilm did was wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I would agree. Even people from my gaming network, like the gaming networks that I watch, like were commenting on the Twitter post, and I was like, "Oh my god, Lucasfilm, why?" <laughs> yeah, hold people accountable, call them out on stuff, and Lucasfilm isn't having a Ho- great. Hopefully, record. hopefully they, hopefully they learn. They learn from it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, listen to people yeah. and not corporations because corporations are flawed. Lucasfilm, listen to people. Listen oh. to John Boyega. 
he is a person and he's a great person at that he's awesome yes he is so this has been the summon up podcast thank you guys for listening we will see you guys next week bye bye